Hello friends, welcome back to Mondays with Mine. Today I am with the wonderful Jess from House of Brows and we are going to basically chat about everything business and beauty. She is in the cosmetic tattooing field so she debunks a lot of eyebrow tattooing myths and I guess cosmetic tattooing myths in general which is awesome we had such a great chat she was really good to have on I really feel like you guys are gonna love this episode like I always say with my business episodes even if you're not in business I still feel like you can take away a lot from these episodes just with general life advice as well so they're really cool and wholesome to listen to I do have some really fun episodes planned as well not so serious Um, I've got a wedding planning episode that I'm going to release next week and we also have some requests to bring back the confessions and some other similar episode topics which you guys seem to love so note taken we'll definitely do more of them but do let me know what you guys want to listen to and if you enjoy these type of episodes just so I know for all you 20 listeners out there no I'm joking I don't actually know exactly how many people listen but just a quick shout out to say thank you so much if you are listening and if you are a constant listener I really appreciate you guys and it wouldn't be an episode if I didn't have to remind you guys to please download this episode and give it a like for me as well as it's super helpful okay let's get straight into the episode with Jess So I'm recording today with the beautiful Jess from House of Brows. Thank you so much for coming today. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Of course. Jess, tell us a bit about yourself and your business. So I'm Jess. I am 32. I'm about to turn 33, actually. That's wild. Um, I own House of Brows Cosmetic Tattoo Australia. So I specialize in eyebrow tattooing lip blush tattooing I do eyeliner as well and we have HB Academy so I do a lot of education and training both online and in person um, in the salon which is based in Wollongong and uh, I also have another business PMU Nation which is like where we stock all the supplies that anyone doing cosmetic tattooing would use that actually stop I love that I have. I actually, I don't know if you know this, but I actually went to go and study um, brow tattooing yep. with um, Fee Academy. Mm-hmm. And as much as I did enjoy it, at the same time, I was like, it's, this is way too daunting and I can't do this. Yeah, yeah. And I got halfway through the course and I literally gave up. I paid for it, yep. gave up. You know what? That would be not uncommon because it takes a lot of, Especially because you've already got a lot of stuff that you already do. So if you didn't love it straight away, you'd be like, why am I going to pursue this? This is me. (laughs) Yeah. Whereas like, which I'll get into my like bit of a backstory, but I like, it does take a lot of commitment to practicing it to be good. Yeah. Cause I saw that brand, um, when I was looking into supplies for when I was going to do it and that's how I came across it. I love that. Yeah. I, um, it's, it's one of those side businesses that's not my priority right now, but 
it's just gradually like plodding along and I'll grow it. I feel like that's me with the cosmetic line as well. Yeah. It's there, it gets yeah. business, but I'm not like actively pushing it. But do you know yeah. what? Like that sort of passive income mm. is what we should be pushing. Yeah, well, that's it. And I think um, we can only spread ourselves so far before we're like not giving 100% to certain parts of the business. So I think just focusing on a few things at a time. This is true. Yeah. We will get into that yes. too. So yeah. I actually don't like, I, this is the first time I'm meeting you today. So I actually don't know a whole lot about you. So it's nice to get to know you as yeah, well. Yeah. That's whole... what I was thinking that when I was driving here, I was like, I'm excited to chat with a fellow beauty biz owner. Yeah. So how did you get into cosmetic tattooing? Um, was it, have you always worked for yourself or did you start with someone else first? Um, oh my God. Where do I start? So, I actually had no beauty background before I started tattooing. So I actually, my background is fashion. Oh, yeah. So I studied like an advanced diploma in applied fashion design and technology years ago, like years ago. Like I did a gap year out of school and then studied that. Um, And I, and I'm from Brisbane originally. So I ended up moving to Sydney for work and I did international wholesale at Camilla yeah um so i had a really chaotic intense job in the fashion industry and i worked really really long hours and like that industry like it's kind of renowned for not great pay for the work you put in and it was very very draining and i ended up moving down to wollongong um while i worked there with like an ex-partner of mine and like we moved down to kind of settle down buy a house etc right and i was commuting and doing these like 18 hour days and i was like this is absolutely not it like i cannot keep doing this and i ended up getting this is cutting a really long story short but i ended up getting my eyebrows tattooed um i think it was like a birthday present or something and i was like thinking wow I could really do this yeah. and it's still creative. Like I've obviously got a creative background. It's totally new, but I was like, at How this long appointment, ago were we, are we talking? This is five years done? ago. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Or just over Did five years ago. Did you get it ago. done locally in Wollongong? It was in it? Sydney. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, I was quizzing this chick that was doing my brows, like, how she learnt, like where she learnt, how long it took her to get good, like what she charged, how many she did a week, like, and kind of scoping it out in my head. Yeah. And long story short, I ended up leaving the appointment and I straight away was like Googling courses and I financed my first course basically. And I did microblading to start with and I'll get into that later. But (laughs) I was like absolutely rubbish when I started. Probably how you felt when you were learning too. Yeah. Um, And also having no beauty background, like I couldn't even shape a brow. I'd never waxed a brow and I still have to this day could not wax or tint a brow. Like it's not what I I don't do any other beauty stuff. Oh yeah. I'm like a specialist in tattooing, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, And so I, yeah, it was rubbish when I first started. And I was like, you know what? I reckon I could really enjoy this and make something of this and, you know, work on my own terms. Like, at the time when doing the course, I thought I'll just work like two days a week, supplement my full-time income and that's that. Like I had no plans to make my business as big as it is today. Yeah. Um, and then long story short, I ended up leaving that partner and he was by far like the breadwinner. Um, oh no. And so I was, I ended up to backtrack. I started when I was, sorry, I was in Wollongong 
commuting to Camilla. Yeah. And I learned the browse and I was like, well, I can't start a business while I'm doing these 18 hour days and commuting four hours a day. So I got a full time job, like just an admin job locally down in Wollongong while I kind of tried to start the browse on the side. Yeah. and I thought, well, once I fill a Saturday consistently, and I think I was charging like two ninety nine mm. per client back then. Like I was peanuts. really grinding. Yeah, peanuts, absolutely. Um, and I thought once I do like three or four in a Saturday, I can like, you know, that's covering my like shitty full-time income that I was on. Yeah. So then after about a year of doing the brows just on Saturdays, I was like, I'm going to take a risk and cut my full-time job down to four days and try and fill like a Friday, Saturday. And then after about another... Are they okay with that? Like, were Yeah, they I think I'm someone that's always like actually been good working for someone else. Like my sister and I were talking about this the other day because she's never worked for somebody else before. Ever? No, never. <gasps> except, oh, except for like dominoes and whatever, oh, like okay. back at school. But like in as a career type yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I actually just a really hard worker I guess so they were fine like if they're like if that's what we've got to do to keep you that's fine um and then after about another six months of doing the four four days at my like salary and then like I was kind of able to build up the Friday Saturday and I thought look this is still a big risk Mm. but I'd left my partner and I thought I can leave now and I've got enough income to support, like supplement my full-time, like to replace my full-time income. Yeah. And I was like, it's sink or swim, baby. Literally. Yeah. So that was the The only way to do it. Yeah. You've got to, I feel like. I love that. Sink or swim. I love it. You've kind of got to put yourself in a situation where you've got to make it work. Yeah. Or you just fart around plodding along, not really doing much. I literally stand by that. I tell all my Mm. friends that I'm always like, take the risk, jump. Fucking oh. Jump. Yeah, because otherwise, if you've got a safety net, you're just going to always rely on that and not really push yourself. Since then, I've kind of relocated. I was renting a room in Shoal Harbour, like south of Wollongong. Yeah. And then I relocated to a space in Wollongong and started like the education side of things and then the supplies side of things. And then I've like a year ago, coming up to a yeah, pretty much a year ago, opened my own I salon. remember seeing that. It was yeah. so epic. That's a whole nother. salon is beautiful. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, and here we are. So. Wow. What a journey. How yeah. long, how many years were you, like, from when you started to now? Five, just over five. Right. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. So I guess, like, now that you've opened up your own business, what would you say the best advice is that you got when you started your own business? So funny you ask that because I honestly feel like I didn't, have any one to ask advice from in probably the first two years of my business so I really was like did you find that's because there wasn't many people in the same industry or you just didn't really have anyone close enough that had kind of experienced something like this I think I think now there's so much like at our disposal at our fingertips in terms of like online like business coaches and mentors and people that are like are really stepping into that space to guide like the younger generations in their businesses whereas it was definitely a thing then but it wasn't so prevalent with like the online space yeah and obviously since covid everyone's gone online with like business coaching and things like that that back then a i wasn't ever planning to make my business as big as it is today and b there just wasn't i didn't even know about business coaches then so i reckon 
in terms of like I would say I didn't really yeah have anyone to kind of ask or you know get advice from back then and I think on the flip side of your question my advice that I would give somebody else is to find that person that has already done what you want to do yeah and use them as a mentor yeah or a coach to get you where you want to be because you literally can collapse time like if I could do one thing differently it would be get that help sooner Mm -hmm. or even just and also just start my business sooner Mm -hmm. um because yeah I started when I was like about to turn 28 so it's never too late. Yeah, but like imagine the things I could have achieved by now. I if say I'd that sooner. and I started at 24 mm. and I still say that too. Yeah, so I get crazy. it. But that's yeah. like upon reflection that is still pretty young to start a For sure. Yeah. yeah, like it's definitely never too late. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think I would say find that person mm. uh, that can guide you. Um, so advice that I heard recently that I absolutely love is you will never be able to hold the highest of highs if you can't also hold the lowest of lows. I love that one. Mm, I think in business or in life in general, but Mm -hmm. in business, like it's so easy for people to look at like people like you and I or anyone that's like succeeding in whatever industry and think they're so lucky or wow like that actually annoys me mm, does that annoy you yes and people only see what we choose to show them right that's right so if i'm having a mental breakdown i'm not going to jump on my story and post about it yeah i think basically when it comes down to it you have to be able to take the bad with the good because it's a journey and i feel like the i don't know what your perspective on this but i feel like the exciting part is the it sounds so corny like the journey like the learning that it's just so exciting yeah it is yeah so i I feel like it's not smooth sailing no it's not (laughs) not at all and this is why i love having a podcast and being able to talk about things like this when i started it was like i was so overwhelmed and it's so like not what I expect, not what I, I feel like I see the business owners and I see, you see it on movies and it's like, it all looks so glamorous, mm. like owning your own business. And it's like, wow, like success, love it. No, yeah. no. When I started my business and I'll get into it, I, there's a question I wanted to ask you and I wanted to say, tell you a bit about my experience with opening up the shop. Oh yeah. Trauma. Yeah. So <laughs> much trauma. And we will get into that. But like the, I literally went through depression opening mm. up the business. Yeah. And, like, a lot of people don't know that. Yeah. So. I can totally relate to yeah. that. Yeah. And, it, it like, there's so many times where I feel so alone as well. Yeah. Even though I do, I feel like I've been lucky. Like, I have had mentors within my career, like, that I can speak to. And even my dad, like, he's really good with this sort of stuff. And, like, he yeah. was very supportive. I love that. Yeah. But, um, I don't know, even with mentors, it's still I still felt super lonely because it's mm. not like I don't have a business partner. Like I don't, I make all the decisions. Yeah, like everything's on me at the end of the day, and I think that's also what is super stressful mm. about having something like this. Yeah, Do you agree? yeah. So with that, right? Like I have suffered really severe mental health problems, like for a, a, my, like most of my adult life. Yeah, and the thing that I find so isolating about business is that, like. I can think of people, right, that would think 
they almost don't have any kind of sympathy for you if you're doing better than them. Yes. In, in sorry, in quote, quotation yes. marks, doing better than them. Yes. Because, like, they think, oh, you earn this money, you do this, you show up like this on social media, um, how can you have anything going on? Yeah. But that almost makes it more isolating for us because yeah. we are still human, pe- like, we're still human beings at the yeah. end of the day. And, like, yeah, you almost feel like you need to suffer in silence because you don't have because you're not just doing the normal things that majority of people are doing Mm -hmm. so it is it's good in a way that a lot more people are starting to kind of you know there's a lot of small business owners and things like that starting to do their own thing but yeah it's definitely isolating saying that the nine to five's gone out of fashion now (laughs) yeah (laughs) although i reckon that'll go full circle and a lot of people will throw the towel in their own business you reckon but yeah, I think it takes a certain type of person to it do the does. grind that we do. Oh, 100%. I say that all the time. Mm. And I don't even know if I highly recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I fucking recommend it. Do you? Like, I love it. And I think I said recently on our podcast, I said um, the most exciting thing about life is learning, I reckon. I love that. And I think... I think I really need to practice being more positive. Well, I think we all could probably yeah. practice that. It's not even positive. It's gratitude. Okay. That's a good way to yeah, put it. Because positive can be a little bit toxic in a way if you're being like trying to find the silver lining. But I right. think being grateful mm-hmm. for what you do have mm-hmm. kind of helps rather yeah. than being just in quotation marks positive because it can almost be like you're just trying to talk yourself into positive yeah positive. it's not authentic manipulating yourself yeah, yeah. literally <laughs> gaslighting yourself yeah gaslighting yeah. yeah no i am positive it's like my mom i keep saying to my mom when we were planning the wedding i was like she's like you should do this you should do that i'm like mom like i'm not actually but i'm like mom i'm poor i'm planning a wedding she goes no don't say that don't speak that into the universe yeah you're, rich. you're putting that energy out <laughs> that's there. what she keeps yeah. telling me i'm like okay yeah i'm rich <laughs> i love i have an alarm on my phone for 7 p.m every night that says affirmations <sighs> and i'll be like abundance flows easily to me I am worthy, like, and I carry on by myself in my kitchen, like a bit of a No, weirdo. I love it. But you got to do it. I need to practice yeah. that. Yeah. Diego, hold her accountable, <laughs> please. So what sort of challenges did you face starting your business and renovating your salon? Like I was saying before, when I renovated my shop and opened my business, I literally went through the biggest depressive state of my life. And I had like the biggest imposter syndrome. Mm. I was just not like every day I was going to bed crying waking up i would run to my dad and be like i can't do this Mm, i'm glad that i did get through it and i did do it but like the lead up and the lead into it i don't know if it's because like i went through a lot Mm. with my whole career like moving to sydney and like working for under really toxic people Mm. i don't know if that like kind of triggered everything but like it was for me personally one of the hardest and like worst states of my life i would agree definitely i think it's funny you say that too because people like clients will come into the salon all the time and say oh my god it's so beautiful in here i love what you've done and i say i used to jokingly say to like the ones i knew i'd be like oh thank you so much because i have a lot of trauma from doing this fit out so it's i'm glad it's worth it i feel like no one talks about this enough Mm. with fit outs like specifically yeah so me being from Queensland too, right? I my all my family's in 
Brisbane, Gold Coast, yeah. like rural Queensland. Yeah. And my brother and dad are both builders, but yeah. like we're up there. Yeah. So, and like, yeah, fitting out my clinic in Wollongong, I didn't really have any support from anyone that knew anything about it. Yeah. And I feel like now that I've done it, all these people are like come yeah, out of the woodwork that like, knew, like had all these trades or knew all these trades and whatever and i see people fitting out salons and their whole family's like done the fit out and i'm just thinking fuck if only i had that but i learned a lot like i managed the build myself so i it was a it's like project planned it I guess, yeah like it, i didn't have like a builder that just did the whole thing me neither i managed all the trades yeah. individually which don't recommend me neither but <laughs> it was a cement shell when i leased it right so wow. it was absolute from scratch and yeah like if one trade fuck something up you're literally fucked and then i have no obviously building experience whatsoever and i'm thinking what is going on here so yeah i also think i was going through like relationship struggles at the same time i was spending like all my life savings on that fit out i was planning a europe trip which ended up it's a whole nother story but that was a huge flop as well so i how I, the fuck did you do all that yeah i literally don't know like when I, did that, you open the shop a year ago now yeah oh, and wow. leading up to that was probably my like the 18 months leading up to that was probably my worst mental health that i've suffered like in my whole adult life so yeah i, I can totally relate to yeah. that it's just like the tip of the iceberg mm-hmm yeah, I feel like um, it's when you bring on like the third party, like people that develop the whole thing. Like mm. it's so, when I was getting quotes for that, they were telling me like hundred to two hundred grand. Mm. And I was like, excuse me. Yeah. And I looked at my dad. I was like, is this how much it's going to cost? Because yeah. when I had made the decision to open up a business, like a, a shop. I was getting like advice here and I was asking people like, what did you spend? Like, how much do you think I'm going to need? And I was getting more of the between like 40 to 80 tops. Mm. And I was like, I can manage that. Yeah. And then I started getting the quotes and then I was like, and I was like, you know what? That like what you said before, I was like, I'm just going to jump into it and figure the rest yeah, out later. I'm like a say yes, work it out later. Yeah, girl. That's yeah. me too. And, um, so I did that with only a certain amount in my bank account. Same. Yeah, feels. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, no, I'm just going to project plan it myself. Like, I, I'll, I, I'm fine. And then I can budget do this. goes fucking out the window. Yeah, it does. And then same sort of thing. Like, I, my family's all in Wollongong and I was opening up in Sydney. So it's not as, like, Queensland to Sydney's to Wollongong is a bit different. But my family still were... Still a struggle. Yeah, still mm. struggle. They were driving up. Like, they and they've work got full, their own lives. Literally, and, they yeah. work full time. Like, they have their own shit to deal with. And they were coming up on a weekend. And it, the whole thing freaking took us so long as well because of this. Yeah. And same thing in Sydney. I don't know anyone here. Like, I didn't have the connections either yeah. so it's i can relate fully to that and it's not until lady everyone's like i could have helped you yeah and you're like oh cheers. Well, sweet i'll know yeah. next time babe <laughs> yeah. next time if that there, i'm never doing it again there's ever gonna be one which i doubt um oh, but boy. yeah it was the same thing it took us so long it was so much of a fucking headache made so many mistakes tradesmen fucked us over like it was just mm. i if you saw me at that time i there was i looked dead like so I was, I, was I don't know what you're like when you're stressed, but I like get really inflamed. So when I look back at photos from then, I was like puffy. Like I was like, not like, I wouldn't say like fat or anything, but I was like, sw- for me, I was. Swollen almost. Yeah, I was like so inflamed. Like my face was round. Like my body was, I almost looked fat, fatter because I was like so inflamed, like yeah, from stress. Yeah, that makes sense. 
I break out not in highs, but like I I have eczema and I yeah. my eczema literally gets so mm, bad when I'm yes. stressed. Yeah, and I feel like that's and I go pale. Yeah, that's what happens to me. I'm just pale, naturally. and I just look I look dead. Like everyone always says yeah. it to me when I'm stressed. They're like, you literally look. Don't you hate that? You're like, thanks for pointing it out. Yeah, like, I know I feel like this. And I space out a lot. Mm. That's what I feel like happens. Yes. Which is what you I was... kind of detach a bit. Yeah. Yeah. But we got through it. Yeah, I think my fit out in the end, including furniture and all that rubbish, um, I think it cost me about 170 <laughs> Oh, my fucking God. R.I.P. But it's beautiful. Like, like that's including the furniture and everything. I actually stopped but counting, like, but I don't yeah. think mine, I, I don't like, think mine costs more sick. than... I really, I was 20, we had just come out of the first lockdown with COVID when I opened mine. I didn't have a ton of savings. I was very scared to open this up. I said to everyone, I'm going to, I just wanted to get out of the space that I was working in because it just wasn't doing me anything. I was just yeah. like in a corner while I was very grateful to be there. I was in a corner of a hair salon. Outgrew it. I yeah. outgrew it very quickly. 10 months is all it took. And I was like, I need to be out. Yeah. Yeah. So I, it was almost like I was rushing to get this shop. Um, so I was like, I'm happy if it's just the most basic Oh, I, if out. I if I did it again, I'd hundred percent not but spend that. It no was, way. My fit out was very basic. Very yeah, but basic. I would recommend doing that. You reckon? Yeah. Sometimes I feel like I look back and I'm like, I see all these new salons that open up and they're so stunning, and I feel like it represents the business. Like yes, having... true. I think there's a definitely a huge element of like it being on brand. Yeah. For and also where you how you want to show up in your business is yeah. so important. But you can also do that on a budget, I feel. Yeah. But yeah, like I'm not oh. doing it again. Like it's done now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I definitely think, obviously, you just got to have a budget and stick to it. But that's kind of... I, de- I literally spent half of what you spent, but it it looks half of what yours looks Yeah, but like. I feel like you get used to your own. <laughs> yeah. We, look, we've made some like changes, obviously, throughout. It's, it's been three years now. So we've made changes, like we've added to it we've made it look nice it's more bright and fresh yeah now. yeah um but still i still think it's very basic like yeah. it just serves its purpose as long as it serves its, its yeah. purpose and yeah. it's pretty it's still aesthetic but it's basic yeah. do you know what, what i mean need sometimes. i guess but i'm if i spent that amount of money i actually don't know what i would have done oh yeah it was a lot yeah but then you are older than me you probably had more time to save and I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to help you out here. <laughs> um, what was the first question <clears throat> So what other challenges did you face with opening your own business? Is there anything else? I couldn't really think Did of. you, with your salon, did you have to get it like DA approved or CDC? CDC. Yeah, so it was already it. like it's at the bottom of a, you know, when there's like apartments and it's got yes. commercial on the bottom. Yeah. Yeah, so that whole thing was a whole nother I know. Like no even negotiating the lease. Yeah, negotiating the lease, which I had to help with my business coach. She was amazing for that. Hmm. Um, and then I, like, yeah, liaising with council who were just on their own timeline. Literally. Like Bartley time. Literally. Um, and then, yeah, all the trades. So, yeah, it was definitely a long process. What about when you started the cosmetic tattooing and um, you were still practicing how long do you reckon it took mm, you before you were... Good question. Yeah, before you were, like, confidently charging and... So, I say this to a lot of my students. So, I reckon it took me a good two years to be confident. Mm. And even then, I'm 
strides better now five years later than I was then but I think not having any beauty background the biggest struggle for me was like I didn't even have any concept of how to shape a brow Mm. um and I wasn't committed to growing my business to what it is today so I wasn't even putting in the work that I should have been putting in in terms of practice um like literally you practice on these like practice silicon mats um yeah and I think probably the hardest thing for me personally was um like the pre-drawing like the designing of the brows um and then yeah navigating different skin types and things like that and once I like introduced the ombre treatment which um is a machine treatment it's a lot more suitable to more skin types and it causes less trauma and is more like personally it's a I think it's a superior treatment to microblading for example once I introduced that I had a little bit more like I was a bit more had a bit more variety in who I could treat and things like that and manage those skin types and age ranges and things like that more but yeah for someone with no beauty background it was definitely a bit of a plot twist um so I think my students that I have now that already are in beauty and already understand like how to manage clients even and like how to shape brows and they already do some of those kind of parts of what I do they find the transition a lot easier but yeah I think committing to the practice is a big thing because it's obviously very technical and it's hard to be good if you're not willing to put in that practice 100% to my when I was training my trainer said to me even if you're just doing half an hour a day mm. it's something that's exactly what and I tell my students yeah like don't like try and not I'd rather she said I'd rather you focus on it for five minutes than that's not exactly do it exactly word for word what not I tell do my it students. at all yeah um she goes because it's just that repetition yeah and you know that's how you're going to get good and I like taking on her advice I did get better when I started doing that yeah but I think for me like it even with the beauty background it's just like it's a whole different ball game it's completely different and it's very technical very tedious very technical and there's a lot of things like so and we'll talk about like PMU myths at the end but I feel like there's if you know what not to do you can't fuck it up but there's a lot of people out there that are doing a lot of the wrong things yeah from a technical standpoint yeah. so yeah I think I know I say exactly the same thing to my students I say don't try and dedicate a whole day or weekend to practicing because you'll when you're go doing mad. something over and over again like you actually yeah. like it depends on the person but for me I genuinely think I have um ADHD I mind. do yeah I actually do, you? do. Are yeah, you yeah diagnosed yes. I really need to go get diagnosed <laughs> I mean it doesn't change anything really no but I know I but, tell everyone I have it I'm so sure I have it and everyone's like um you're not diagnosed <laughs> yeah. But anyway, well, like I try and focus on something and I feel like the longer I'm trying to focus on it, the more disengaged I am. And I'm like, it's because I'm you're so, staring at it and I yeah. literally am not even concentrating. Yeah. And I say word for word what you just said, your trainer said, and I tell them to put the mats and the microblade or the machine or whatever, just in front of the TV or at their dining table or wherever. Yeah. And just pick it up. Even if you start for five minutes, you might end up doing 20. Yeah. But just do a little bit each day because every time you practice, something new will click. Yeah. And I say to my students, don't be embarrassed to, because I'm really big on the after training support because there's so many people that do a course and then they've got no support after and they're like, yeah. what the fuck am I doing? Yeah. So I say to my students, like, don't be embarrassed to send me the shit work because I can't give feedback and critique the perfect work so send me every day send me a photo of your mat 
a video of you doing it and I can give you the feedback that you need to work to do it better next time and then each time you pick up the mat like something new clicks yeah so yeah definitely consistency over it's very true I was doing something so wrong with my um the strokes and she didn't pick it up because I was too embarrassed to send yeah, her stuff. Yeah, it's so common. For like two months. And I was doing the same thing over and over again yeah. for two months. So you're just but practicing bad habits. Yeah. Really. Whereas if you'd shown her two months ago and you'd progressed from the feedback, yeah, it makes a huge difference having that support after two. Yeah. But I feel like if you're going to do something like this, you really need to put your all into it. A hundred percent. Anything in business. Yeah. But agreed. Yeah. yeah. And it, like particularly those technical. Yeah. Things. and always upskilling is a really big thing for me that's the other thing I always say like I tell my past self it took me 18 months to do my second course yeah whereas now I'm permanently enrolled like it's actually a problem like I'm permanently enrolled in something no I love that so I think upskilling is really important 100% we still do that with makeup and stuff yeah as well. yeah yeah um have you ever had a really difficult customer or even a moment in business that's made you think, like, fuck this, I'm going to end it all, fuck that, can't deal with this anymore? The salon fit out. No. Yeah, literally, um, besides the salon yeah. fit out. <laughs> I, I definitely said fuck this at least for twice same. a day. Yeah, for sure. Um, so that shit comes up all the time, I reckon, as in, like, the fuck these, fuck this moments. But no, I think in terms of like the difficult clients, it's very rare for me because I think, um, and don't get me wrong, that it happens and I manage them as they come up. But I think having the right systems and processes in place in your business kind of eliminates that happening on a regular basis. So we provide like a lot of prep information, the way we book clients, they have to fill out like, an extensive form and like we don't really put ourselves in a situation where we're getting into those scenarios don't get me wrong every now and then you'll get someone like a Karen that is a no-show and wants their deposit back for example and that's when Emily my assistant will be like this is a problem for you to resolve like this is a phone call for you and I just think with the right systems and processes in place and policies in terms of conditions and things like that it's just black and white I'm not having this like emotional personal phone call with this client I'm like no this is what you agreed to this is where we have it in writing and that's that this is actually really good that you're saying this because I personally have the biggest issues with this all Mm. the time with my clients and my policies and while I agree it should be just be black and white and that's it like you agree to it and no emotion towards it Mm. but it is so that it's so much harder than that for sure it is and it's very obviously it depends on the scenario I feel too like a lot of the time and I I probably should have explained like a lot of the time I will give people the benefit of the doubt and I'm like it's not this $200 deposit is not worth my energy to like have to argue with them and I'll just give it back or, so or not give are, it back I'll reschedule it and like honor the deposit so there are times where you do kind of not give in but like it's almost like I go is this worth my energy yeah but again it rarely happens like it's once in a blue moon because I strongly believe that if you show up in a certain way and have the right systems in place you eliminate a lot of that mm. happening 
but I think it's different in what I do because for example it's a really high ticket service and my clients have usually waited quite a long time to get in and they also only come every year or two or three so it's a bit different to like I would compare it to like a brow wax or a hairdresser where like like you're going back all the time it's reoccurring and it's frequent and it's like life gets in the way a bit more frequently than with my services Mm. so it's a little bit different Mm. I feel like it would be really hard for you with makeup for example um but yeah it's definitely there's definitely times where I'm like yeah I can imagine a lot but it's like they're just nasty Mm. the people are so nasty and it's like I have I still are three years and I still don't know how to deal with people like that like it's so frustrating yeah and it's like you know it's I always like I'm in the battle of like is this worth it but then it's also like man fuck that like I've put in these policies for a reason you've agreed to them you've read them exactly right we literally make you read them and you have to tick the box yeah so like you know what you're signing up for and I think they're still willing to argue yeah make you feel tiny just to get their 40 fucking dollars back I think as well like as soon as you let that slide once I know you're setting that standard and I, I also um have like emily who's my assistant slash salon coordinator who manages all the inquiries so like for her she's just doing her job and it's black and white yeah so it doesn't actually come to me where i'm getting emotionally involved because i'm the business owner and i like have put blood sweat and tears into this she's just following procedure yeah so having that gatekeeper almost i think is quite important we do have that, but yeah. the girls sometimes like I don't I don't know if Wollongong and Sydney clients are different, but sometimes they actually just I can't, feel like they would be a bit they like, can't hit like they for the most part they actually do just it's via email and they're like sorry guys that's the policy like it is what it is yeah I think um, Sydney would be different but when they get on the phone and when they're so fucking nasty. Is that's when awful. I don't like the girls. To, I don't want you the don't girls want them to, having to put up. No, I that. don't want them to, and that's when I grab the phone. Have you ever seen those memes? Of the, yeah, that's me. Like that's when I grab the phone. I'm like, hi, it's Monica. Their tone of voice does change when they hear that they're speaking to me, but when they still don't get their way, they turn vulgar. Like it's bad. That I'd be embarrassed. Yeah, to do I know. That. I know. But like, like it, grow puts up. You, it puts you in such an uncomfortable, oh, for sure. this situation. is your livelihood, like. And so I don't want to get nasty back, but I and I, I don't want to have attitude either. But and honestly, sometimes I'm I literally can't do it. I can't. Mm. I'm like, you know what? It is what it is. If you don't like it, and that's what I'm like. I don't. I don't. Um. It's obviously very hard to not show that you're dysregulated by it. Like, mm. I would definitely get dysregulated by a scenario mm. like that. But I think I have to just respond in like an objective manner mm-hmm. and be like unfortunately this is what you've agreed to of course if their buddy had a car accident or someone's died or they're sick genuinely yeah, that's completely different it's so like that that's the thing right they manipulate the situation this is where it gets like they lie like they literally yeah, lie out of their ass they're like yeah i was on the way and then my sister's in hospital and they don't know they call my goldfish they, died yeah or you whatever, know what i mean yeah. like and i'm like oh I think with repeat effect too, so I'll normally give people the benefit of the doubt for the first time because this is the way I look at it too, right? So I had a like one of my mentorship clients the other day say, I've got a couple of gaps coming up in the week and like how do you think I should manage that? What should I do? Mm. And I would look at that 
as an opportunity to work on my business. Mm -hmm. So if I get a cancellation, I don't go, oh my God, I'm losing the plot. I've had a cancellation. I go, I've now got two hours to catch up on X, Y, Z. So I look at it like that. Mm -hmm. And then there was something else I was going to say. Oh, and with the repeat offenders. So I'll give people the benefit of the doubt once, Mm. um, potentially twice, but rarely. And then if they're a repeat offender cancelling at the last minute, even if they've let me take deposit or whatever, that's still my time and like the deposit's 200 for an $1,100 treatment, right? It still doesn't work out. Yeah. I'll say like, totally understand like that this has happened. Um, however, before you book, like before you book in next, you'll have to pay in full. Yeah. Because if they're genuine, they're more than happy to do that. It's yeah. the people that aren't genuine that yeah. have a problem with it. Yeah. And I'm like good riddance to them. Get out of my business, yeah. go somewhere else. Yeah. That's how a lot of people tell me to look at it as mm. well. You don't want people like that. No, anyway. absolutely not. And there are times where I actually can't be bothered to I'll go, have you. your 40 bucks. Like if I was, you have your 40 bucks, you're not coming back here. That's what I say to a lot of, uh, uh, there are so many people banned from my site mm. now. It's actually like the list is a bit too long now. I'm like, shit, man. Like, but it's like energetically allowing space for the people to come into your business that which you want. Which is what I say. Yeah. To make myself feel better <laughs> too. Cause I'm like, this list is getting very long, but like there's so many fucked up people. Yeah. I think there's more fucked up people in Sydney than Wollongong. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. But yeah, I do. Yeah. I do that a lot. I'm like, you know what? Take your 40 bucks, babe. But yeah, please don't, don't come fuck back. Yourself. Literally yeah. don't fuck yourself. Please don't come back. You, you won't be coming back because you're banned. At the end of the day, we're running a business and yeah. we're human beings at the same time. So yeah, I give people the benefit, benefit of the doubt often, mm. but repeat offenders. That's a hard no. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. What would you say is the hardest thing about cosmetic tattooing? Like from a technical perspective? Yeah. I feel like navigating different skin types. And I obviously don't have a problem with this now, but from learning. Yeah. I think learning how to navigate people like mature skin versus younger skin, oily versus dry, sensitive, acne prone, rosacea, um, you know, all those kind of factors that change the results from a technical perspective would be the hardest thing to navigate when you're learning. Um, and I guess the only thing that will help with that is experience. So yeah. And guidance yeah. from the right people. Yeah, mm. for sure. Mm. Yeah. Cause you've got to switch out your needles or, you know, different pressure, different um, techniques mm. and things like that. Different. Even so choice. technical. Yeah. I'm thinking back to when I was doing all the learning. I'm like, oh my god, I'm actually triggered. It's so technical. That's so funny. No, I could do it with my eyes closed, but not actually. Wouldn't do it with yeah. my eyes closed, but like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's like anything. The like how hard I found it in the beginning, definitely difficult. What about like the after results? How do you find like that navigating that now? Because you know how it's like with that I. I used to work for someone who did it as well. I never used to do it in her shop, but I just used to like do the brows and stuff and like consult her clients. So I, I knew a little bit about it. And um, I always remember this was also like eight years ago. So this was when yeah, it was very new. I think a lot's changed since then. It too. has, but um, the trainer that was training me before also spoke about it a lot is everyone heals differently as mm, well. Very true. Um, and like <laughs> some people will come back 
and they'll be like oh this line's faded but then this one oh i just want to come back and do a little bit of strokes here like how do you do with stuff like that is it just more like all in the consultation beforehand and making sure that they're well educated very much so that's exactly what i was going to say Mm. i think being very clear on the expectations Mm -hmm. and the results and educating your client Mm. on what it is they're getting signing up to yeah so for example i get tons of mature clients i get tons of clients with really oily or sensitive skin or whatever and i think yeah educating them and that's with anything Mm. right like educating your client on what to expect and how it's going to heal and the process to expect and how to look after them and like how often they might need to come back and things like that is really important um definitely Mm. yeah because that was a big issue she had eight years ago was like people were coming back and they were like yeah can you just do one and i remember she used to pull people in for 15 minutes and open a blade just to do like two strokes for them and i was like you shouldn't even you shouldn't have to do that or should you do you um depends so like for example yeah like ideally no Mm. but there's a lot of artists that you see on Instagram and they really like curate who they treat. And so if you're getting all clients that are 25 with normal skin, mm. of course you're going to have much more consistent, normal healed results mm. than someone who takes on, like I take on quite advanced cases, like a lot of mature skin clients or corrections. I was just or... about to ask, do you do corrections? Cause mm. a lot of clients, a lot of, um, artists don't yeah so i rarely take them on i will only take them on if i believe i can achieve nice results and it's in their best interest for me to go ahead most of the time i will send a client for laser removal first because it's in their best interest long term that they remove whatever's there beforehand but it really depends it's a case-by-case basis Mm. um but yeah definitely most clients heal like if you know what you're doing most clients heal really well just after that first treatment. Mm-hmm. But if there's those variables, um, like they've got a pimple in their brow or they've got, you know, really sensitive skin or mature skin or whatever, they are definitely going to need that review slash touch up appointment. And then some people with really dry, like flaky skin, I might say you're going to need more ongoing maintenance than somebody with really normal skin. Mm-hmm. So it's just preparing them. And with maintenance, would it be just like a couple of strokes in certain areas or do you like to go over the whole bra consistently? Again, it differs. So I do a lot more of the machine treatment, which is usually referred to as ombre or powder Mm -hmm. brows. So do you do microblading at all? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do both. Um, However, it's a misconception that microblading is A, more natural. We are going to get into this, but go on, go on. Yeah, so ombre mm-hmm. is a lot more customizable yeah so you can do it super natural or you can do it more bold yeah it's more suitable to more skin types it causes a lot less trauma it mm-hmm. heals really true to color it heals really nice long term and i'm all about natural and long-term results mm-hmm. so i would more often do ombre and like i would never do microblading in a mature skin client for example really because it's gonna heal disgusting um why because like is it because of their skins yeah so usually their epidermis is a lot thinner so their skin's really thinner they've like don't produce as much collagen like they're normally um like 
they heal a lot cooler and darker in color. This is true. <clears throat> yeah, so and there's then lots do of the factors. Strokes bleed and stuff more in older, mature faces, or not so much. Uh, not if you're going at the right depth, but their skin's a lot thinner. And also, what I find is a lot of people think they want microblading in quotation marks because that's the term they've heard. But if, like, a lot of mature clients, for example, will pencil their brows in, and that's not going to give them the result. Like, microbading is hair strokes with gaps in between. Yeah. So if you tint regularly or you powder your brows in, even if it's really soft, mm. you're not going to get the same results. So yeah. I would do a soft ombre mm. that looks subtle, mm. um, that's going to heal really nice long-term rather than giving them strokes that's not going to represent what they want. Exactly. So it's just educating them, definitely very true well you we spoke a bit in advance but i was going to ask you what are some myths about cosmetic tattooing the probably the most common ones are that it's not natural <laughs> <coughs> and i think there's a lot of bad I work hate out the there fucking word natural because we get it a lot with makeup too and i was like it's natural i'm like you yeah, don't what actually fuck is natural you don't actually fucking mean natural though yeah you mean like in my cases they mean Lots of makeup, but just softer, neutral colors. Yeah, not they don't natural. mean. Yeah. And it pisses me off. Why are you getting your makeup done? Literally. No, I'm like that though. I like soft glam. Yeah, I know. But it's like when I show them what natural really yeah. is, they're like, oh, no, it's I don't still want that. full on coverage and everything. Yeah. No, no. Natural. When they say natural, if you want natural, like natural's nothing, babe. Yeah. You don't actually want natural. Yeah. It's, yeah. I, it's the same with brows. Yeah. So I would say that it's not that people think it's not getting to cosmetic tattooing is not natural yeah um and that's probably because they have seen some bad shit because the way i look at cosmetic tattooing is no one should look at you and know that you've had it done so even with lip blush like it looks really bold and don't I'm get me wrong so if you jumped on i'm scared of lip and cheek and all that okay other the shit. cheek is a hard no for me but anyway we'll talk <laughs> me about that Nikita were talking about that's like, fucking I can't. cool like sorry no yeah um so with the also like blush is a trend right now like what i'm tattooing is... lips and brows is already there mm-hmm. um anyway that let's yeah. not get into that <laughs> but that's a going rogue um but we like don't get me wrong if you look on my instagram it will look quite bold because that's all the treatments are on the day and they photograph really nicely those really bold ones yeah but they should heal to look like nice and soft yes so even when i get people asking me for these like really like they want this big arch i'm like i'm just not doing that because it's not going to look nice long term so that's the first one that it's not natural because it absolutely should be the second one is that it hurts. Like people think that it's super painful. And every time I have a client come in, they're like, oh, I'm nervous. And I'm like, for the results or for the pain? They're like, oh, the pain. I'm like, you will literally be snoring on the bed. So it's Do so comfortable. Only for microblading. Mm-hmm. Um, just because the way the microblade penetrates the skin is off, is across the skin rather mm-hmm. than the needle mm-hmm. in the machine penetrating vertically. So it's the machine treatments are literally painless. Mm. Okay, and we the... numb throughout anyway because yeah. we're working the area. Yeah. But no, it's so comfortable. Mm. Again, if it hurts and people have had bad experiences and then they tell their friends, deep, hey? they've been too deep, yeah. right? So if it hurts, like you've got the epidermis, so this is getting technical, but like the dermis underneath the epidermis is where the nerve endings are and mm-hmm. you shouldn't be that deep. Nah. 
So it should be quite comfortable unless microblading can be a little bit scratchy, but should still be quite comfortable. A lot of people say it's actually the sound that's more triggering exactly. than the pain. Yeah, and again, I explained to them, it's the needles flicking together. It's not actually, like people think it's their skin cutting. Mm. So that, and then the third one would be that the color changes and they're going to end up with orange brows or whatever. Mm-hmm. And again, if the right color is chosen for the right client and it's not too deep they will heal very true to color and they may slightly change over the years, but you just have a refreshed. If you see those really blue brows, it is way too deep and way too cool in color pigment Mm -hmm. for the client's Mm -hmm. tones. And if you see like those red kind of pinky brows, it's usually scar tissue from shitty microblading Mm -hmm. and also red, the molecule size is different. So it stays in the skin longer than, yeah, same sis. We're just pointing at our brows right now. <laughs> um, yeah, so again, if done right, it should heal natural. It should stay true to color to a degree and it shouldn't be painful. As a brow artist myself, who just waxes and tins. You would have seen some shit. I've seen some shit. Mm. One of my clients is currently now um, lasering it off for the second time. And I'm like, babe, stop going fucking back. Just mm. stop. And I've even been through that myself. Mm. Like I had mine, like I said, tattooed before I was in the industry and I went somewhere totally reputable and everything like that. Um, but yeah, the color was, it was too deep, too cool for my skin tones and tattooed. I'll show you after tattooed way above my brow hair. So that's like when people ask me, they want this big arch or they want them whatever different to their natural growth and their brow bone. Like it's just a no from me. Cause it's going to look rubbish long-term. I've got all this like residue above the arch of my brows now. And I've had them lasered like so many times. I've seen some shockers. I'm sure mm. you would have too, when people come to ask you to fix it. Mm. And the first thing you're probably telling them to do is go get that shit lasered. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so what, so you do lip tattooing and eyeliner as well. Hey? Uh, yes. I don't actually enjoy eyeliner Okay. because, so I don't promote it. Mm hmm. Um, and I'll take it on if I think I can achieve nice results. But a lot of the women that want eyeliner, um, it's usually like middle-aged and older and they've got really thin crepey eyelids Mm -hmm. and I just don't really recommend it. Mm -hmm. So I always find like when I, like my makeup clients who I've seen who have had eyeliner, it's always, it always looks blue. Again, it's too deep because Mm -hmm. they've got this crepey tissue Mm -hmm. for their eyelid and it's just, you cannot like, it's so hard to get it shallow enough in the skin for it not to do that and again with really dark you can't have a dark warm color right so if you're wanting a black or a dark blacky brown eyeliner it's, it's gonna go cool yeah it's got that undertone. cool undertone yeah. yeah so i don't promote it i'll do it on a case-by-case basis if someone asks for it but yeah i think brows and lips you're already treating an area that has like either hair or pigment so you're just enhancing what's already there not like adding blush or... this is where you listen to me in Nikita's episode right yeah she yeah and she, her and I've talked about this too because she said that you're uh, that's kind of what I why I wanted to touch on it because I know you've like seen some shit and I was like I'm debunking that straight up <laughs> oh with the um tattooing yeah yeah I have is that why you wanted to come on here? Well, no, I thought like, <laughs> I felt like it's so commonly thought of. Yeah, it is. Because there's so many people out there that just do a course and then they start treating clients and they have no fucking idea what they're doing. Yeah. 
no, but I know there's plenty of talented people out there. And she, even Nikita said it herself, she's like, it's not like, I don't know, it's not something I love to recommend anymore just because of the shit I've seen. But then I take a step back and I'm like, no, there are people that are bloody good. So you got to do your research. Yeah, you do. And that's what I say to people as well. But people don't want to spend money. I know, but it's your face. I know, I know. Like I, the amount of people, this is a whole thing, but the amount of people that will want to book in with me, but then they don't because they don't want to wait. Or they don't want to pay what mm-hmm. I charge. Mm-hmm. So then they'll go somewhere else in a hurry. Mm-hmm. And then they're back to me mm-hmm. asking me to fix them. And I'm like, I'm really sorry. The integrity of your skin is ruined. Mm. I'm being obviously trying to be really diplomatic. And I'm like, you're going to have to have them removed. Like it's a process. It's a costly. Yada, yada, yada. And mm. it's like you pay less, you pay twice. Mm-hmm. Or more than twice mm-hmm. in the end. So it's just like. It's, it's literally the same with anything. With anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And when I have a client that comes in and goes, oh, I've watched all your highlights. I've read your whole website. Like, I'm like, that is a green flag. Like, if you've done your research and you've followed me for years, like the ones that come in, like you'd have this with makeup and your other beauty stuff. The ones that show me photos of my own work. And they're like, they they know what they're talking about. Well, they're not from a technical perspective, but but they've done their research. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I agree. So, yeah. Yeah, I agree. But then there's things like... The other stuff. Let's talk about it. Do you want to talk about it? Like, like what the blush stuff? tattooing and the the um, concealer tattooing. Have you seen that one? Yeah. <laughs> so just to give context, right, those pigment colours, they have titanium dioxide in them, right? What the fuck Which is, that? is it like sounds terrifying. It's like it's it's not, oh. but it's white. It's what um wait, can I just Google that I'm saying the right thing? Because I feel like and so often in cosmetic tattoo, it can like be the last thing to remain in the skin. So imagine like you've had, so titanium dioxide being white, it's what makes those colors light mm-hmm. uh, and gives them that creamy kind of texture. So any like pinks and like concealer, the, that kind of thing, the foundations, those kind of things. Um, and again, obviously there's people that can do it well and there's people that can't. But those kind of colors, they are, can likely go white over time. So just imagine that. Let's just paint that picture. Whereas on your lips, it's like a really thin tissue. It fades over time. Like, again, there's people that will be able to do the lip blush and the concealer and whatever well. Mm. But, like, just go look after your skin. Yeah. No, I'm all for enhancing. Like mm. that, like so am I. I Don't get me wrong. So am I. I'm all for enhancing. It's just where it crosses the line is shit like that. Yeah. That's where I'm like, where are we drawing It's just the people line jumping it's on just... a trend to make money. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. 100%. Not about it. Mm-mm. I guess we'll just finish it off here. That was awesome. Thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. Please plug yourself. You can follow my business, House of Brows, on Instagram at House of Brows with two underscores at the end. Um, and you're located in Wollongong? Yeah, we're in Coromel. So oh, Coromel, yeah. Yeah, five, ten minutes north of Wollongong. I also have my own podcast, Talk Tovey to Me, T-O-V-E-Y. So, Which I didn't know I'm going to go listen yeah, to after this. I actually feel like we talk about similar stuff like... We talk about business, self-development, my sister and I, who's, she's an online coach in the fitness industry. Mm. Um, but yeah, Love that. That's so cool. 
Um, and what about you? Per- you don't really want to post personal. Yeah. Oh, it's just Toby. I don't know if anyone like. <laughs> Do you going post on. anything on there? What like, about the Instagram for your podcast? Yeah, so it's Talk Toby to Me Pod. Yeah. Um, my personal is just Toby. It's very unexciting. Thanks, Jess. Thanks so much. Of course.